Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. If you want to help us continue to make an impact with this podcast week in and week out, consider joining our new Patreon community. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a part of helping us get the message and mission of the podcast out to more people more effectively. This is a way that we can come together as a community and you'll get access to behind the scenes stuff, additional resources and content and so much more for just as little as $5 a month. You can head over to chasemerrill.com and click Patreon to jump in and get started. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Well, here we go. Welcome to the Chase Merrill podcast. Today, I have my friend Gary Donahue with me. Gary, man, thanks for being here. I'm pumped to get to sit down and have this conversation over the virtual space today. Share it with people. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. I, when you asked me, I thought this is going to be fun. Look forward to it. I love what you're doing. Yeah. So the 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 project we've been in uh, is 52 Project, 52 people who have made an impact on my life that uh, I want to share with the world. And you're one of those people. And uh, the honor for for me to get to sit down knowing where you are in the season, what you are, um, what you have on your plate with a lot of things going on, a lot of people that you're helping and impacting. It means a lot for the time that you've made today. And um, what I'll probably do just to jump in, because there's going to be people that listen to this that know exactly who you are and are listening because of that, because they're excited to hear what you have to say. Um, and then there's going to be people that have no clue who you are. So would you just take a moment and just a brief introduction, like a snapshot, like who who is Gary Donahue? And 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 for those that maybe not know you, what what could you share in that little uh, little snapshot for them? Absolutely. Uh, well, hi to the ones that know me, and hello to those that don't. Right? Um, yeah, I have. Uh, I was uh, raised in a pastor's home, uh, raised in church culture in rural Arkansas. Uh, Ended up graduating high school, went out to California, and a lot of lot of different things happened there. Uh, met Tammy on March 13th at 515 Roberts Lane, Bakersfield, California, 9.45 a.m., right? Ooh, you got it. <laughs> and uh, met my bride, right? And uh, it was really, I think, connecting with Tammy just did so much in my life for us to have a partnership and really journey together in our marriage and our relationship. But um, – you know, I have been a pastor. That's who I am. I'm a shepherd. Uh, I love J.R. Woodward's explanation of apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. He said the apostle is the dream awakener. They awaken the dream Oof, of God in the hearts of others. The prophet, it reveals the heart of God to others. The evangelist attaches your story to the story of God. But shepherd, that's me, a soul healer. That is just been my focus. And by the way, teacher is light giver. For those who want, would want me to finish that statement, yeah. but I just really feel like that's been a really important thing. And when I was just a kid, one of the first verses of scripture that ever came to me was uh, Matthew five sixteen, and I sometimes tease about I quoted in the King James because it's let your light so shine before men that they may see my good works, but they glorify God from what I do well. That has never been a pressure for me. It's always been a commissioning. It's always been a motivator to like what I do, I do well. Yeah. This is what I pastored. I love to do that. But with that said, I have had a heart to be back in the marketplace um, and get in the marketplace and influence people for Christ and be a pastor out there. So I ended up going and getting a PhD in human development. 
uh, took a little little while uh, to get yeah. that, but it, that's qualified me for some work. Doctor. And so now uh, I'm not pastoring. Yeah, right. It, it is doc, Dr. Donahue, right? Let's go. Uh, Let's go. Yeah, no, it's still funny to hear that because I, I right back there, that's I'm keeping it right behind me, my diploma, so I keep it in my mind. Yeah. But that commissioning to really let let the light of God, what I received from the Lord, let that shine in the hearts and the lives of others as I coach. Because now I'm doing executive coaching, so I work with teams. I've worked with Department of Homeland Security. Uh, I have worked with all kinds of businesses. A lot of individuals coach a lot for UCLA, uh, Anderson School. So it's just getting to meet people all over the world. And so this this season of my life, I'm really getting just to be there with people. And when I've been evaluated, I get real high marks in coaching presence. It's pastoring. Yeah. Yes. It's pastoring. Yes. Right? Pastoring in the marketplace. So it's connecting with people, hearing their story, and being there with there with them and seeing them go forward. So that that's quick. That's a quick snapshot. Yeah, no, it's so good. And and I'll, I'm going to jump in more to specifically what you said right there at the end that that presence that uh that you know that that presentation or coaching presence because because that's exactly what was the the bridge that impacted me as mm-hmm. I was introduced to you and and there was a you know subsequent impact from from days and weeks that followed. But um, before jumping in, just one more piece that I think is really it's been really cool for me to see from afar, you know, cause I don't, I'm not up close and personal in relationship with you guys on the day to day, but for you and, uh, and, and your wife, Tammy, who have been such a instrumental part of, of our, our denomination Foursquare. um, part of, I'm a, I'm pastor of Foursquare church, you know, for those that, that are part of our church and know, and that's been newer to me over the last five, six years. I've been a part of assemblies of God for 20 years before that. Um, but, but I came into this space and, you know, you know, was trying to get to know like, who, who is, who is everybody? Like, what is, you know, this compared to what I'm used to and pretty quickly realized, uh, that the two of you were a, uh, got a little light thing here. Two of you were were pretty instrumental in, in, in a part of the leadership of what God had been in doing for a long time, pastoring at local church and so many other layers of leadership. Um, and the partnership side was something that stood out. Right where I, I I've had a few conversations on this podcast project with couples or people that um, that represent what I'm talking about of men and women in ministry or in leadership that there's there's a genuine and pure partnership that they both walk securely in who God called them to be mm-hmm. and it doesn't come at the expense of the other person's call or you know assignment or responsibility or opportunity well said and i've just been so encouraged and i just want to acknowledge that going into the conversation that's going to be primarily with you and about you but that you've been this example for me from afar even over the last five or six years that has been like man honor champion um all these things that i'm like i don't see it very often in a lot of spaces Uh, especially i think in the and I'm not putting you in the older generation by any means, so please be careful. <laughs> hey, go for it, dude. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but um, by the way, speaking of that, you're looking great, man. I don't know. I don't oh, know if you. you're if if you're uh, on some kind of like you know health workout thing too. But it's it, I can see you're looking you're looking fresh and healthy. Not that you haven't been, but it just it stands out. Um, <laughs> well, it'll that'll come out later in the podcast. Okay, cool. So cool, we're cool good. Sure. Uh, just the 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 way that you've loved and honored her, and and not just you know, it's not just the uh, public 
uh, honor and love. You could tell, like, man, it's it happens behind the scenes and on the on the platform, right? Like, because yeah. you can see through all that when a, when a husband or a spouse is just like, you know, hey, you know, but but it's not really there. It's there for you guys, and it's evident, and and it's mutual back to you. I don't see it as much in the older generation when it comes to the partnership side, as right. much as I'm seeing it a little bit more in in the the younger generation side because I think just culturally and generationally it's it's become Correct. a little bit more embraced and walked out. But uh, you've been one of those examples, and the two of you are just a powerhouse couple, man. Who, um, I mean, the, the gates of hell shudder when I think about the two of you and the impact that you've had and still have and have yet to make in the world around mm -hmm. you. So just want to honor her and the two of you in that, because it takes two to do that together. Well, and, uh, you guys, your lives and marriage really exudes that, uh, consistently and faithfully. So want to acknowledge that, um, because you, and you also have two, two doctors in the house. I mean, like, that's right. Is, no, this it's, is doctor this, up. That's right. Substantial. <laughs> oh man. And, uh, what a way to, I think transition, um, you both kind of hit a transitional season. I felt like around a similar time, right? Correct. From lead, leading a church and leading in the Foursquare leadership space for a long time, and and the Lord shifting you, like you mentioned, out of that senior leadership role at the church and in that space of leadership uh, with Foursquare and Tammy and you guys are. You didn't take that as like a okay. Now it's time to coast into. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like, if anything, no. to the point of getting, you know, your your PhD and different things, like, um, you guys have said, like, no, let's turn up the gas a little bit. God's not even close to done. There's so much more that He has for us, and it's this new book that you're really writing with Him. It's so it's so inspiring, man. It's so encouraging because you you see that's possible, right? And I I, I right. wish more people could just get the window. When I spent time with you, when you spent time with our team several years, four four years ago, probably now, yeah, it was it, it was before COVID really kind of did its thing. Mm -hmm. The the undeniable sense of joy, purpose, fulfillment, satisfaction, anticipation of what could be, as well as what presently you were enjoying in this role that you had been stepping into with coaching and, and, uh, all of that stuff. I was like, this is, this is not common. I don't see a lot of, uh, of men that are rounding out their years as a, as a senior pastor, stepping into something new, transitioning well, and them being like probably more excited than ever to be stepping yeah. into the fullness of who God's called them to me. So will you just give the listeners and, and those that are watching the, that that part of that journey of like, okay, there's more. I'm transitioning out of leading a church and, and pastoring like this. Something's stirring up that whole call back into the marketplace kind of thing. T yeah. help, take us on that journey for a bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, part of it started with, uh, as you're talking about, my partner in life, uh, my wife, Tammy. Um, grateful to have been married for over 44 years now. But we Come really on. have done things together uh, somehow. and. In the early days, we just kept things simple. We communicate, we talk, we don't uh, we don't make a decision apart from really hearing from the Lord and both of us saying that's the way we believe God's talking to us. So it's it's kind of funny. We're really egalitarian in our approach. In other words, Jesus is the Lord of our home, and we Tammy doesn't lead all the time. I don't lead all the time. We really believe the Lord leads us. And both of us, we've always asked this question. 
What needs to be done? Which of us is available? Which of us is best suited to do what needs to be done? And we always just go about things prayerfully. We just kept things very simple. But um, I think this season, uh, Chase, uh, to me is very intentional because years ago, Tammy did a research for a master's paper talking about this doctoral journey. Um, and one of the things she studied was uh, people in ministry. And what she saw was the reason a lot of ministers don't let go of the pulpit is because they haven't prepared financially. Hmm. Their identity is wrapped up in uh, their role, right? Yeah, right? And they are what they do. And, and seeing some of that research that she came up with, when I heard it, I knew in my heart, I don't want to be a person that hangs on. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a hippie. I think I really am. A, I, I'd be a good hippie <laughs> because I can't do ministry for money because I need money. Yeah. Um, I, th that just, it's a conflict, conflict in my heart, in my head, in my spirit. I just can't do that. And so I was looking at, what can I really give myself to? Because I love the younger generation. I love what God's doing. When you see scripture, God is reaching the next generation, the next generation. And guess what? The next generation is different than my generation. Right. So what God is doing there, I don't need to be the person to try to steward that. The next generation needs to steward that. And I need to celebrate and cheer on the next generation as they're doing that. Tell me to have that philosophy. But it's like, okay, what am I going to do? Go ahead. Can I, can, I, can I pause you there for a second? Just because I, I love that. And I think people would see it. Was that, when I think about, was, do you guys feel like that was always there for you? Or was there a, was there a pivot point where you realized, okay, something needs to shift in the way I'm, I'm seeing this and thinking about this in order to move from where I am to where, where you are now in that space? Or, or was that, has that always kind of been a part of your guys kind of like posture? Yeah, I, I think I would say philosophically, it's always been our posture. But then realistically, when I'm pastoring, uh, the last church was Lighthouse Church at Thousand Oaks, uh, California. And we had this young man come on staff with us. Uh, I really felt like he was the next guy and I was processing with the district. Uh, could that be a possibility? But what I saw was something I'd never seen. Now, let me pause there for just a second. Yeah. Tammy and I have always done everything young. It seemed we started, we got married young, we started ministry young, we got ministry assignments young, everything was just young. And now there's this transition, all this stuff here. Uh, there's this transition, and it was like what I saw in the young, I saw on him, Kevin, Kevin Lewis, what I saw on Kevin was a heart for the people in the Canal Valley like I had. I saw a commitment that he and Kaylee made to move to our area without knowing exactly how it was going to work out, but knew God had called them. I recognize that. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. But I also saw who he was and where he was in life. I felt like he was going to have more influence and reach this generation more effectively than I could because they needed to see someone their age loving Jesus, yeah. right? I think they expect the older people too, because we're about to die. So it's like we got to get into heaven. So we got to love God, right? You got to love God. You got to get to heaven. But then, but but there was that real shift. There really was a shift. I, I haven't really thought about it the way that way too. You just asked me that question. What I saw was, ah, oh, we're not doing the young thing that we've always done. Now it's our turn 
to step back, applaud, and cheer. It's not get out of the way, but don't be in the way. That's, a re- that's so good. That's so good. I, I, part of what the question came from is I recognize there's a there's across the landscape, right? This is in the marketplace, and then definitely in the industry <clears throat> space. But we're seeing probably the largest uh, leadership transition um, oh, yeah. across the, across the landscape, probably historically ever, when it comes to Gen um like gen gen x is getting to their top end and the you know the boomers are are that have been there you know and the 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 boomer generation you know how how massive it was and then how small gen x was there's this leadership gap now the millennial you know generation stepping into different levels of some of the like i don't know how old the 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 new lead pastor you just mentioned is that's come in that, that took over where you 31 were 32 perfect yeah so i'm right there i'm 32 millennial generation but there's a there's a there's a gap that's that's we're seeing that transition and i think part of what I, i'm recognizing with older leaders that have been in there and been there and done that for a long time is that that recognition of uh the they recognize when that moment starts to come like, okay, I, I think I know my time is done here or I need to transition out that there's, it's a muscle that's extremely underdeveloped to be, well able to, to be able to see what you just talked about and go, I'm okay with this. And not only am I okay with this, um, but I want to be intentionally not getting that's in right. the way. Like you just, like you just acknowledged. And I wish, I wish a, a larger, audience of older leaders would would be honest with themselves in that conversation and be open to, mm-hmm. to, to growing there because i think i think part of what we're seeing i'll get quick here and i want to move into the other stuff but I'm, i think i see it in you guys you guys did it so well and i want to honor it but i i wish that more more leaders would see that and go we don't have to you know end where we are and then and then yeah just begrudgingly hand it off to the to the young and then go start a new thing with the same group that we really resonate with while they're trying to we can actually stay you know uh not just be booted out but we can come around and support and champion as we are mm-hmm. kind of finishing this last leg of our race while man pouring into the the, right. the men and women that are coming into that seat it's hard it's easier said than done i know there's a lot of complicated layers to that but I think it starts with that posture, that heart posture. And I, I wish more, I wish more leaders would, would take an honest look at that and go, Lord, help, help me with that because we need it. The younger generation needs it more than ever. Well, Chase, let me say this to you because I think a real key to that is having a clue as what you want to give yourself to. Good. Um, and part of what I've studied uh, in my PhD in human development was the stages of development. What I found out is just, I mean, the social sciences are making God look brilliant. I mean, what they're discovering about his creations is just fascinating. The idea of aging, the idea of getting older is having capacity around the things that you're passionate about, hmm. right? And, and there, you, I mean, that's quite a conversation. That's really a coaching conversation to help people really identify what that is, but when people ask me, said, you know, how did you do that? How did you give up the pulpit? The one thing I miss, the one thing I miss, I still miss today, is when you're speaking and you're preparing. And by the way, these are God's people. They're not my people. Right? Right. And you feel his heart for his people through you. Yeah. I miss that. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Uh, but I'm grateful for all the years that I had that. The occasional times I speak, it's still there. But I don't. My identity's not in that. Yeah. I found the thing that that pastoring thing. How can I pastor? And for me, I just gained some skills of coaching and and just translating that. And the good thing is, I prepared myself to where I'm hireable by these organizations that's planning on paying people well. Right. So, right. Well, so to... a full, right. A full week for me is like, I mean, a full week might be 18 hours, you know? Right. <laughs> well, well, I definitely have, some sorry. Questions. No, I, I definitely have some questions about that because, uh, because I think that's another, that's another really untalked about thing when it comes to ministry in the transitional space uh, that world. I'll come back to that. But, but before I do, so for people that, just to give them a little bit more of that, like what, what you're doing in the, the coaching space. And, and, and as, as we jump into that, what I guess I'll do is um, I'll give them a little bit of that moment where we had that interaction that really led to the beginning of, of our, of our relationship and that impact. And um, you, you came in, so our lead pastor, Jonathan Kobler, they brought you guys in, um, you know, from those connections and relationships, Foursquare, et cetera, over those years, yeah. but, but recognizing what you had been doing in addition to continuing to lead the church and start that transition plan, uh, you had begun this coaching journey and the program at that time that you had pressed into, I don't know if it's still a part of the world. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it is. I, the Berkman, you're talking yeah. about the Berkman. The oh Berkman. yeah. Oh okay. yeah. It's a big deal. So, okay. So, I mean, at that time, you know, here I've been a part of a couple church ministry teams. Um, there's always, it always just feels like there's a, a new something out there when it comes to team development, leadership development, et cetera, to try to help everybody understand who they are and work together more effectively. All that, all those things are good. I've done some great things, um, you know, and then there's the whole personality trait stuff that's, that's been there for years, but more recently, Enneagram, you know, all of those different things that are there, uh, DISC, um, I mean, some Myers-Briggs, all that stuff. So right. you came in and you're like, hey, there's this thing called the Bergman. And I, my initial response was like, all right, man, another whole like length. Whole another thing. Like, oh, I just feel like I barely grasp any of those. I mean, and so my initial posture was like, all right, I mean, I, I, I don't know this guy very well. I respect uh, I respect him from the positions that I know that they've been in and trust John and Fawn, Pastor John and Fawn. But I, but I didn't know. And I just figured I'd have to have to go through a whole other training of learning the program and the language. I did not expect it to do what it did as quickly as it did as differently as it did than all of yeah. the other kind of things. It, it was just different. Right. And a lot of that was the way you led us and engaged mm -hmm. with us. I mean, it was special. Like it was, it was clear that like you, you were, I mean, you believed it. It was embodied in who you were. Right. It wasn't just information you were trying to translate to others. It was, it was in you. Um, and it, it created this conversation for me, in addition to the team, that opened some things up for me that honestly was the beginning shift for where I am sitting today. Awesome. Having a, a podcast that I started and am still continuing. I mentioned this before we started recording. I'm a great starter, a terrible finisher. The fact that I'm sitting here with you 43 episodes in, you know, as I said at the beginning of the year, I'll do 52 and I, yeah, praise the Lord. But like, but, but that's a big, uh, was this, I go back to that moment where you came and it was, I think your second time with us, we were in the sanctuary all together as a, as a, a church staff. 
And I don't even remember specifically the exercise, but the gist of it was you were you were really helping us see um, some of this identity piece that was bigger than just what we did, our role, uh, et cetera. And I think you asked us to to like come up with a word or two words or something like that to like describe like who, who we were, something like that. Right. You'll, have to, you'll have to refresh me there. But but bottom line, I remember being in that moment and I felt like the Lord put the two words on my heart and I was so afraid to say it because for me, it was this tension between being in ministry for so long and my journey of overcoming people pleasing not wanting to disappoint others and their expectations of me, et cetera. And feeling like if I ever really attempted to step out of the the box or bounds of what ministry was supposed to look like, that I would be looked at as somebody who was just trying to pursue things for me or make my name great or not being committed enough to the role of the church. And so there was this weird, I just felt like I, I was bound by 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 other people's opinions and I didn't want to let them down and yet inside of me was this like I've got more I feel like God is saying he wants right. to, to use me for and do in me and it got me excited and full of joy to be able to think about things outside of the four walls of the church in addition to my call and assignment right. and and so the, the words that I shared as we were all going around sharing the, the words that got kind of inscribed in my heart was boundless influence those That's were the awesome. words shared that. And the idea was, man, I think God's saying, I'm, I'm, he's called me to have boundless influence. There's no, there's no parameters around how he can use me to influence people both in and out of the church. And, and that conversation we had following, we had like a little, you know, te, you know, uh, what's it called? Sample size, uh, appetizer coaching moment, um, one-on-one where I got to talk about that with you. And that was where I think the light really started to turn on towards meant you can actually step into this more than you realize that you can. So that was a part of the coaching experience, mm-hmm. presentation experience through Berkman, et cetera, that really started and launched us uh, into where I feel like I am in our relationship and, and how the impact is there. But like, it was just, it was different. This whole Berkman thing, like what, yeah. I mean, I know you can't explain all that for people on the conversation here, but what, what is that coaching world looked like for you over the last two, three, four years that 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 people that what what is it why is it different what are you doing with that you know uh there's more to us than we know god created i'm gonna use the word complexity that that's good it's a good thing i'm not saying you're complex i'm saying there's complexity of mind yeah that we have the ability to expand and continue to grow just because we're full-grown adults in height doesn't mean the only way to grow is out, <laughs> right? So good. We, we can grow developmentally. And to be honest, that's what is not addressed a lot. We, we keep trying to inspire people all the time. Inspiration is okay, uh, but it's not growth. It's not really growth. You got to get those words. You, you got to get that boundless word, right? Yeah. What does that mean? It's like, and and for me to believe is that would, would that be true about me? You can always, I can always tell when somebody is really opening to what the Holy Spirit is saying, what God would be saying to them, because typically there's a little anxiety. 
but that's that's how our brains. They spent a year in neuroscience, and it's just fascinating to see what's known about our brain. Our brain wants to rely on what it has known, but God's leading us into the unknown. Mm. That's where coaching comes in, <laughs> right? Because you need to have that fast friend that'll walk with you as you start moving forward yeah. into doing these type of things, right? But the Berkman pulls up some of that unknown to us that's very true about us and pulls it out to create a conversation. That's what I love uh, about that particular assessment uh, tool. And there's nothing quite like it. It really measures people's social desirability. Yeah. Um, and we're made for relationships. So yeah. Yeah. it just kind of pulls it all together. Yeah. And that, I mean, to see that, that what I just described about my, the kind of the personal revelation and impact for me, I mean, it, to see that happen in a similar way for a group of about 25, 30 people, I mean, it oh, was, yeah. cra it was oh, crazy. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, yeah. it wasn't just like, I wasn't just the one drinking the Kool-Aid. It was like, it was evident like what was happening in that process as we were walking us through as a team over those sessions was, was authentic and impactful across the, across the board. Um, and I, you know, I think, I think for a lot of people, there's, there's a hesitation, right? Like I mentioned in the beginning too, that there, I have, there's all these programs, there's all these systems. There's, I think sometimes people feel overwhelmed with how much they don't know about who they are and how much right. is out there trying to tell them who they are. And so they're trying to figure out what, what is the right, you know, place to go. And, and I think to come back to what you kind of, you came in and said, that's for coaching. I, I could not agree more and advocate more for that step and i think it's something mm -hmm. about you could you could get the youtube whatever or the there's something about a person who's invested to to walk with you on that journey that right. has the ability to see in front of you that maybe you where you can't and and pull you into that space in a way that you know is growth oriented and yeah. um and i think that's where a lot of people go either a i don't i'm they tell themselves, I don't have the time or I don't have the finances or I don't have the uh, whatever to, to really figure out how to make that happen. Maybe they feel like they, sh they shouldn't need it. Like I'm a lead pastor. I'm a coach. So I don't need it. I mean, and the reality is that's false. You, everybody needs that kind of, I think could benefit from that space. Um, but on a real practical level, like when it comes to coaching, when it comes to, um, how you've turned that that piece of what God's lit up in you uh, and revealed to you more clearly about who he's called you to be. H how have you turned that into something that is now literally what you're doing with your full time? And, you know, it's just continuing to expand. Like, how did you go from I, this is passionate in my heart to like, OK, practically, this is this is now going to be my career and, and business of impact moving forward, because that's that's something else I think that is where a lot of right. people find themselves. How do I, how do I cross that bridge? Um, boy, I wish I could say I was smart enough to figure it out. Um, but I think like so many of us that we stumble into some things and don't realize that we enjoy this type of an application or this type of a focus. We didn't know that we would like this until we tried it. Sure. Um, and again, the Berkman is what got me into it because I was given the assessment and I was really intrigued with it. Now, the Enneagram is great. I think it's the best personality 
uh, assessment out there. I think the Enneagram is the, the Berkman's more about a personal reality. So it's more, you can kind of see, look through the lens of what makes sense to a person. Yeah. And, uh, so when I saw it, I thought, Oh, I'm really curious about that. So I ended up thought, I'll just, I'll see if I can add this tool to my life. And it got me into coaching. Uh, I didn't know that's where I was headed. I didn't know that's what was going on. But then pretty soon I started finding out, oh, this is coaching. Oh, I like this. This is a lot of fun. And then when I'm coaching people, some of their responses, and to be candid with you, Chase, what I started seeing was um, what God needs from us as vessels to contribute to the work he's doing in the hearts of others. He doesn't need our personality. He really needs our presence hmm. to be present yeah. with somebody. Yeah. Because when somebody feels somebody with them, man, I I think this withness thing that God created in the garden turns out that's a powerful thing too, right? Yeah. There's so there's such rich truths that people can explore when they feel like they're not alone. I Jesus, look how many questions Jesus asked. The Holy Spirit doesn't, he leads you into answers, right? Um, it's it's not so much that we discover so much of that. That's what coaching is. It's a process of discovery. Yeah. And coming to realize, oh, okay, okay. And oh, I could maybe, and so when I looked into it um, on the Enneagram, I'm a four with a strong five wing and the five wing likes to rely on expertise. So I'm doing the research to find out about all this kind of stuff. And when I started researching and I thought I would write this material, I, so I need to investigate it. So I started sticking my toe into it while I was still pastoring with permission. I went through counsel, to, told them cause I didn't want anybody to feel like I was trying to quit or anything, yeah. but I was just really, I, I was discovering and identifying. I honestly think people, by the time you're 40, you need to start having two or three things that you think you need to explore to prepare yourself so that when you're ready and when God's season is through with that lead pastoring stuff, that you can live a, a life-giving, vibrant life and not be the lead pastor somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So good. The The question that I, I, I not only do I feel because I have been in the ministry space for so long, but I hear... Uh, in those circles, it, it is the the just the whole world around money that oh, yeah. is pretty untalked about it, it, as well. It's like one of those like I don't know. I have the questions, but I don't know if they're okay to ask. I don't know where to go when it comes to that space <clears throat> or whatever. And and because of the the ministry world, where like you mentioned earlier, like we're not we're not doing this or in this for money or monetary gain. Um, but when it comes to the thought of shifting into a marketplace mentality, the heart doesn't shift there. Right. But the reality of like, that's a completely different world. Correct. And I, but I've recognized one of the, the hesitancies in my own world when I think about that space is um, how to, how to gear shift, you know, how do I, how do I shift from the fact that like, if I were to do something in that space or other people are stepping into coaching ex executive teams or whatever else for, you know, fortune 500 companies or government agencies or, or universities, right. That, that space, like you, you earlier alluded to, like they're, they're prepared to pay well. <laughs> like yeah, they are. How, how do you, how did you shift even into that? Like, 
I know, I know what I'm worth in that space. I know what I'm worth. I know what my value, what I'm bringing to the table here is, and that's actually okay to communicate and to expect. Um, I, I, I just don't hear a lot of people talking about this space. And I, I know that especially in my generation, it's got a lot of questions around it and go like, what's, what's okay. What's not okay. But how did you, how have you navigated that? And what would maybe be something you would encourage somebody, whether they're in your season of beginning to transition or transition, actually transition out of a, a place where they've been for a long time in ministry, or they're somebody in maybe my season where, you know, I've got passions and things that are stirred in addition to the ministry space, but not always mm-hmm. knowing how to, how to gauge that. I don't know if I'm even really making sense, but I just know oh, yeah. I've been a part of lots of conversations with people that are like, I don't, I don't even know how to talk about this. It feels weird. It feels awkward. I don't really even know why, but I know that's a healthier way forward. How have you navigated that? I think it's a fantastic conversation with some complexity because uh, of course, while you're pastoring, you got to have a focus there, but I'm going to say you also have to prepare yourself. So many people in ministry, so many people in ministry are creatives. And creatives need variety. Yeah. Like if you don't have variety and you just have to do one thing, you're going to probably lose that person. Yeah. Right. Be- because they, they need variety and variety in what becomes part of the coaching conversation and then how to prioritize that in this season of your life. Right. It just starts kind of breaking it down. But the acknowledgement of that and realizing that can really soothe a lot of things in your soul. To, uh, to be able to uh, realize that. Let me let me give you the speech that I did because what I realized was where I wanted to go in the marketplace, I needed to find out what their language was. And there, a lot of them, their language is uh, either certification, certifications, uh, education. And I'll never forget the day when I was being dropped into a conflict of an organization where the general manager, his executive assistant, HR director were suing each other. And so they 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 had heard about the Berkman, and so they asked, "Would I be willing to work with these people?" And I and I I'm a pastor. Yeah, I'll run to that. Right. Yeah. I don't go there with my reverend shirt on. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't sure. have reverend on anything. I I go there because they're people, and I love people. Uh, but I'm getting there, and I'm having to negotiate the contract, which was new territory, but with the lawyer. And when he saw a PhD candidate, he said, "Oh, we're good. You're." He said, "PhD, we're good." The greatest feeling of satisfaction came over me because that was the intent, because I had learned the language of the people that I wanted to work with who have developmental budgets. Yeah. They plan on investing. They plan on investing in their employees. They're intentionally going to do that. So in order to qualify that, I mean, the PhD might be a little bit, I don't know if you have to get a PhD, but certifications and stuff, at least a master's degree and certifications when you get that, then that's the language. But here's what I, des- I determined to do um, with this nonprofit heart of mine, uh, for-profit and nonprofit both, is that I'm giving 60% of my time to the organizations that have developmental budgets because they're going to pay me. Like uh, an example is the least I make is 150 an hour, 150. That's the least I make with those organizations. Yeah, that's awesome. Um I'd give 60% of my time to them so that I can give 40% of my time to nonprofit, individual startups. And I don't care about the money. Right. In other words, I don't need them to pay me. What I do talk to them about is they need to value their growth 
And they need to put a dollar amount on that, but I don't have to require a certain amount because I'm getting my money from the other side. Yeah. That's really good. That's really, really cool too. I, I think that that's, I think that helps the conversation. I think that that mentality really helps the conversation across the board as well and gives people even some form of like a, an example of a target, man, if I could be in that kind of space one day, yeah. to, I think that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah, I, I, I just know, I, I wish that there was, I wish there were more conversations around this space because I think a lot of people stay in the dark on ideas or um, things that are stirring up in them because they, there's this concern of, I, I don't hear people talking about it. And I, so I don't want to be the one that's, that's, you know, risking talking about it and then people then going, well, what are you, are you trying to, are you trying to get out of this? Are you trying to do this more than, and, you know, and I think that that's um, part, part of my own personal journey, but I know that it's not just me because I've actually had lots of conversations with people that have had similar feelings and thoughts. And so I, you were a person that I felt, I found myself feeling really safe with who had yeah. the context and the history of both of those worlds to go, yeah, man, you know, um, this is something that, I think is exciting to talk about from a lens of like somebody being like, yeah, why not? What, what do you, what, right. what's holding you back here? You know? Right. And, uh, and that was really, really encouraging to me. So for, for people that are like, man, coaching Berkman, whether they're, you know, they're, they, they're uh, some form of a, a leader in their organization or on their team and they're going, my team's dysfunctional in this way. Um, and I, I mean, the thought of having somebody be able to come and assess a little bit of that, give us some coaching or some direction is extremely appealing. And then I need to figure out how to make that happen or personal kind of coaching, you know, whatever, what are, what's like, what's the, what's the, the direction that you would say you would encourage people to go, whether it's connecting to you or some next steps, because I, I know you're busy, I know your schedule is full and I know you've got certain metrics of things that you've got to have people walk through, but, um, you know, what, what would you encourage people to consider as some next steps if there's some interest there in what you're talking about today? I would really encourage a conversation, um, sincerely. I mean, because they need to figure out what do they want? What are they looking at? What do, where is their team at, right? Uh, or where are they at? And a lot of times people are trying to figure out way out there. Well, let's find out first where you are. We can talk about where you want to go. Because then when we see those two pieces, then we can start building a map, yeah. if you would, uh, on, on how to do that. But I, my point is, are you ready for the conversation? Yeah. Because all these assessments, all, all they do is they create a conversation. And they're measuring certain aspects of the human uh, person um, for the purpose of conversation. Yeah. And uh, that, to me, that is the most fun I really use those things as frameworks and when they're, when they're true, when there's truth to what they're saying, that's good, but we don't need to prove the Berkman right. What we need to do is have the conversations to know how to get people aligned, get their passion and their purpose lined up, right? Yeah. Get people lined up with working in areas that they're passionate. Berkman found this in their research that if 65% of the things that motivate you, are in your, your job description, you'll never work another day in your life. Hmm. I mean, think about it. Think about it from God's perspective that if we actually do work in the areas that we're motivated by, passion and purpose, uh, what it doesn't measure, by the way, is skill, 
So if you don't have skill in those things you're passionate about, use your passion to get the skill so that other people are happy that you're working in it. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, that's 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 a legitimate, you know, that's a legitimate issue. I know at times. Um, what? Well, so part of part of this, as we kind of come to the wrap up here, uh, for me, <clears throat> is that that conversation, that moment with the whole group that we had five, four, five years ago, and then the follow up coaching moment we had together to talk about and unpack that um, that boundless influence moment for me was was a significant start to my my freed up to build up journey right like i'm the whole podcast the why of this thing is to help people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be that that was something i I recognized had been holding me back for a long time and and you put language to it and i think gave me the beginning of that that crack in the door to go hey the door's (laughs) actually open here you know for me to start that like oh man i could get freed up from this um and so that's that's significant to my life in this conversation. But before we go, would you be willing to just share too, maybe in, in your journey, uh, something in your past or even present that you would say um, you've been been freed up from, you know, so you could be who you were made to be or you overcome something that you were held back by and got freed yeah. up from to be who you were made to be that you'd be able to and, and willing to share with uh, with the audience? Yeah, it. um Thank you for the opportunity for that too, because I think there are a lot of things. I mean, when you live, uh, you know, 60 plus years and 64s of this last week, 64 years, I mean, you've, you've had a lot of breakthroughs, uh, yeah. or I should say I've had a lot of breakthroughs and, but I'm, I'm actually living one right now. Um, and you, you recognize the, maybe the change in my body and, and the yeah. turkey neck, uh, you know, you didn't call the turkey neck out, but, um, the, the point is like years ago, I, I decided I wanted to get fit. Um, but getting fit, what it wasn't clear enough. Uh, and I ended up losing some weight and doing some stuff. But here's what I, here's what I, I noticed. I was wanting to get fit. So I added some things to my life, nutrition, movement. I added them to my life. Uh, all this coaching and all this learning that I've done, I actually have applied it this last year. <clears throat> and about three months ago, it, it it just went, the lights came on. And I think the Holy Spirit just helped me understand. Oh, I added something to my life. So when I accomplished the weight goal, it was over. Hmm. When I understood that, it wasn't about weight loss. I realized, oh no, it's not getting fit for me. It's living healthy. Hmm. And this would take longer than we have. I just had this conviction that now that God's given me this physical body and I need to resource it in a way that it can thrive. Yeah. Of course, there's weight loss with that and that kind of stuff, but it's not about that. Yeah. And so my new mantra that is just clear is so clear to me. I can't, I'm so motivated. I've had uh, 22 days in a row of closing my rings on my, uh, you know, walking over 10,000 steps. I'm eating super healthy. I've lost 40 pounds. But let me tell you the biggest thing. I cannot tell you how good I feel. 
Yeah. And there's no conflict this time because I didn't add something to my life. I changed my life. Yeah. And how I changed my life was right up here. Yeah. I mean, asking God, praying, but what I came to, and this is going to, might seem, I, I haven't tested it on anybody else. We'll find out this is cheesy. Let's... But the word live healthy, those two words, live healthy, they're just inspiring to me. Yeah. Right. And so I'm a baby boomer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm almost not a baby boomer, but I'm, I'm in that age group. So I got to do an acronym, right? Yeah. Yes. So to me, the live is this, yeah. <laughs> love deeply, innovate consistently. That's the creative thing. Be innovative. Innovation, creativity you can do by yourself. Innovation involves other people. Yeah, it's good. Right. Value movement and eat healthy. Ooh. That's what live means for me that I am living and it just feels like my life is just like better than it's ever been, honestly, yeah. uh, physically, uh, you know, in my soul and my spirit and gratefully with Tammy. Um, so yeah. a real breakthrough mentally, uh, to get past all yeah. that stuff. That would be another story. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, I mean, I appreciate you you sharing the snapshot of that too. I know that when it comes to that that world, which which part of what I'm hearing coming out of you is it is it's a holistic health big uh, time, right? It isn't like and that that to me I think is the most inspiring and exciting thing that people long for more than they than they realize it, it is part of how it all it, i mean health begets health discipline discipline begets discipline kind of thing you start yes. to see it infiltrate into all of those spaces now all of a sudden you're a more effective coach than ever before a healthier more joy-filled husband yes. than ever before right etc cetera, etc cetera. and so that's so awesome man i'm i'm, I'm well done and also <laughs> like uh love that love that that mantra love that word that you really feel like uh, the Lord gave you there. And I think that that's going to be a living Testament. And when I, when I think about the next phase of, you know, Gary Dunahoo's impact in the world uh, can see that being a very uh, large part of that. Right. So, um, so awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time today. Thanks for sharing a part of your heart, your life with us. And uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put in, in the, the show notes, you know, for, for ways that people can can get in touch with yeah. you, uh, follow up maybe on what coaching could look like, uh, that, that whole process. I'll make sure that that's all in there. But is there is there just for the listeners that maybe they're driving, they don't have the ability to do that, and they want to check it up later? Is there like a is there yeah. a specific website that you can even verbalize right now that people can go to to, to connect with you? GaryDunahoo.com. So if you can spell Donahue, D-U-N-A-H-O-O, GaryDunahoo.com, that you'll find out everything you need to know. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll include all that in the, in the show notes there. Uh, Dr. Gary, thank you for your time. Uh, please give my love to Tammy as well. And man, uh, what a, what a privilege to have you here. And uh, thanks for the, the way you're allowing the Lord to use your life in this season to, to make a difference in people's lives all around, all around the world. Um, it's been a bit, bit, big impact on my life and, and I know really it's just started. So appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks for being with Absolutely. Me. It's a joy to actually be part of the fruit of the seed that popped up uh, a few years ago. So congratulations to you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. For everybody listening, watching, thank you for joining us today. Until next time, see you later.